Loan.com. That is your first place to go if you're going to look for a home. A lot of people do it backwards. They think, oh, there's a open house. Let's go check that out. Or, oh, we're looking at the different sites here. And, oh, this house went on sale. Let's go look at it. I mean, we're not looking to move. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, if it was the perfect home, you know, of course. <sighs> Turns out to be the dream home. You put an offer in, it's a Saturday, or maybe it's a Sunday. But you haven't been approved yet for any sort of loan because you weren't planning on actually making any offer. And then an hour later, somebody comes along and they put in an offer. They're like, hey, we've already been pre-approved. Here's our pre-approved. Here's our letter. Uh, We're good to go. Guess who gets the house? Not you. So do that part first. It's a little easier than you think. That's not the easiest thing in the world, but that's where the characters have really honed the system so that they can help you through it, make it as easy as possible, and it all starts at IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com because you do. Santa's Angels is underway. This is a partnership many of you are familiar with because you, too, are partners with us in this endeavor. There are plenty of incredible organizations out there that utilize this time of year in order to help out those who are less fortunate, whether it is through food or donations, oftentimes gifts. Kids, uh, that is one that that pulls at heartstrings um, just because kids and Christmas and innocence. And, and so while most of us don't necessarily like the idea of people finding themselves in unfortunate positions, particularly in the holidays when it comes to kids, uh, it just, for whatever reason, whether it should or not, it, it, it just is a little worse. seeming. <laughs> and so what we do is try and fill a little bit of a void for these kids. There are a lot of great organizations out there that just they, they collect tons of toys and then they go distribute toys to different you know organizations in which kids are in need or they make them available for parents who maybe can't afford toys for kids and it's a random thing. Now the, the benefit of that is it, it is oftentimes it takes um, less work on behalf of the person doing the donation, right? Um, oh, you grab a toy here and put it in the box there. We try to do it a little bit different, and it does take a little more effort, but we do it because we try to give an additional component to the kids that the giving of gifts randomly does not necessarily get to, and that is a connection with a person buying gifts specifically for them. That is something that may not necessarily resonate with the average person in terms of the meaning because we aren't in the situation some of these kids are in. Some of these kids, foster kids, have you know, grown up in horrific homes where their parents 
they don't even recognize Christmas because they don't even know what day it is. They're so strung out. And these kids in the middle of the night, dirty clothes, dirty hair, are removed from from their home because their parents are hauled off to, to jail. Some of the stories are just absolutely heartbreaking stories. I always think about when I was a kid and you go back to school the first day after Christmas break and you always, a lot of kids anyhow, you wanted to have with you something you got for Christmas in order to show it off. As much as kids didn't necessarily like clothes, you tend to do that. And everyone taught, what'd you get for Christmas? What'd you get for Christmas? Or the kids in the neighborhood, Um, you know, because you're excited about it. And I think about the kids that got nothing and how they make things up because they're embarrassed that they don't have parents to buy them anything or they do have parents but their parents aren't good parents and so they don't buy them anything and so the way that we do this is we work with the organization whose name is and i i keep forgetting it i rely on sarah because the name has changed it is now kvc missouri i have a very difficult time (laughs) remembering names that are just letters if I don't know what it stands for, even then I do. I have a hard time. So KVC Missouri, it's the same organization we've been dealing with since I've been here for 13 years now. It's just had a number of name changes. They do They do this. I guess I shouldn't say it's the same organization. They do the same thing, same location. You know, we, we continue to work with them in the same way. We have four area partners, and I'm going to list them here in a moment. We do have them at ksgf.com. And at each location is a tree. It's a little unimpressive artificial tree and each one has ornaments on them they're paper ornaments toy soldiers for boys angels for girls and they have the name of the child the age of the child and then these children were asked if if someone were to buy you a gift for christmas if you if you were to get a visit from santa what would you want Obviously, some of these kids are under the, you know, they're, they're age two or under, and so those lists are not made up by the kids. You see a lot of wish lists, frankly, that humble you. Um, most kids that are fortunate enough to have families hate the idea of socks and clothes. A lot of these kids ask for those things. There are some older kids that, frankly, sometimes aren't as fun to buy for. We're drawn towards the the little kids because we remember our kids at that age, and it just brings the emotional feeling of the the fun and the excitement and the happiness. And then you see a teenager on there, and, uh, you know, I don't know. It just, frankly, it just doesn't seem as fun, does it? Some of these kids have gone their entire lives, never had anybody buy them a gift. The four locations are A1 Custom Car Care, West Sunset. It's just down and across from Classic Rock Coffee. Anchor Tactical Supply on Campbell, south and across the street from Bass Pro. 
Um, where are the other two? I'm trying. Crown Power. Crown and Power. Equips. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, off of East Chestnut Expressway, oh. kind of close to Glenstone Avenue, mm-hmm. and then Green County Freight and Food On Sales. Carney, that's right. Yep, yeah, and that's close to West Bypass. Uh, so go in, adopt a kid. You don't have to get everything on the list that the kid puts on there um, by any stretch. I would recommend that at least one item so that they do get that sense of connection uh, that somebody saw with, you know, that the, they listed and, and, and deliberately put effort into um, doing something for them. Again, something that many of these kids have never had anyone voluntarily do. You know, for them, oh, a caseworker, that's their job. That's what they do. But to have a stranger just, you know, out of the goodness of their heart do this, to in my mind, that's the real ultimate gift here. Uh, the objects are a vehicle to deliver that. Every year, we're able to get all these kids adopted out, and it's because of you. So as you are out and about, whether it's today, doing the last-minute Thanksgiving item shopping, or the day after, still trying to do the fun traditional Black Friday thing you have to be out. Stop by one of those locations. They're all listed, uh, Santa's Angels. You go to ksgf.com and the location information in terms of hours and so forth are there as well. And uh, help us do it again as we do it every year. And any of the questions you may have may be answered there. Oh, do we wrap the gifts? No, you don't wrap the gifts. Uh, It also gives you on the ornament instructions as to what to do once you purchase the gifts, which essentially is bring it here, but the details are on there. Latest news update. From Cutter 10 and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving, but tonight you can expect to see bars and restaurants filled with people celebrating with friends and family. It's a night affectionately known as Wild Turkey Wednesday. More than 20 businesses in Springfield are donating part of their proceeds to Ozark's Food Harvest to help hungry families. Businesses like Georgia Max, The Roost, Bears, The Bent Penny, and many more will kick back some of the money spent to charity. For drivers, a new lane shift may cause some delays when you drive around Springfield next week. Starting Monday morning and lasting through the rest of the year, eastbound lanes will shift at the intersection of Republic Road and Kansas Expressway. One of the eastbound to northbound left turn lanes will be closed. This is part of the Greene County Kansas Expressway Extension Project. From Color 10 and Fox 49 News, I'm Jesse Inman. And the first alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunshine 48 today for a high, clear 31 tonight, tomorrow sunny 60. And Friday partly sunny with a high of 47. And it's Sarah Myers. Thank you. Well, your home is your largest investment, and so it is important to protect it the best you can. And whenever you think of home repairs and maintenance, the outside of your home, it can be forgotten until it's too late. So that's why I want to recommend Josh and his team over at the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now, the Pyramid team, they can help you out with everything from a simple roof repair to a whole new roof, new gutters, and commercial roofing as well. And my favorite thing about the Pyramid team is they make the process stress-free and as simple as possible. Uh, From picking your new roof material to the color to the installation, it takes just a matter of days and you can have a little peace of mind as well as we move into winter. Now you can give Josh and his team a call today and you can find all of their contact information under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. I noted uh, while talking about Santa's Angels how you all have managed to make it a 100% success every year, at least in the 13 years I've been here. Someone on the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line said it doesn't seem like 13 years. It'll it's be, been longer. It'll be 14 next in February. Yeah. 
or no, April. It'll be 14 in April. I came in April of 2010. You're getting old there, Nick. Longest that I've ever worked anywhere. Well, that's good. Stay. Yeah. And remember all of you that uh, are longtime listeners, you're like, who is this guy? He's not going to last. Ah. <laughs> like, I don't like this guy. Mm-hmm. Showed you. You know how many girlfriends that I got when I was younger just because I was relentless and, and finally wore them down to where <laughs> they just gave up? Is that how you got married? That is, yeah, actually. Um, yeah. That is how I got married. So um, I know how to play this game. I just wait you out. And that's what I've done here. So, And eventually you realize all of a sudden one day, wait, I don't dislike this guy. What happened? I just wore you down. There are there have been a number of these surveys that are done showing that there is a disproportionate number of young Americans that are supportive of Hamas. Uh, this is, politically speaking, a real problem for the Democrat Party. You don't really find a lot of young conservatives that are supporters of Hamas. Uh, but these young Democrats, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just astonishing. The, the, the support for terrorism within the Democratic base, I think that it is also a real revelation to people. Um, where the radicalism lies is the... Media and the Democrats have have tried desperately for years and to some level of success convince people that the real troublemakers, the real potential terrorists and supporters of terrorism or Trump supporters are on, and on the right um, and the anti-Semitism problem in the world was on the right. And this has this has shined a light. And I think it's a revelation for a lot of people. And I think for a lot of Democrats, it's very concerning. There was a lack of realization that this was going on. And I think there's probably some self-evaluation, particularly amongst Jewish Americans who have voted Democrat, that amongst them have been those who side with the people who want them eliminated off the planet. The Breitbart has a piece regarding The Guardian and a piece they have, young Americans turning to Islam to show solidarity with Gaza. With this revelation comes intellectual exploration. Why? Why is this happening? Why? The answers are... Well, of course, they're not positive answers, but they aren't positive answers in particular for the the political left because it is socially their movements that have created this environment. Now, one, and you have heard this noted, it, it isn't specifically because of anti-Israel sentiment that has been instilled in them, but it's the anti-Western ideals, it's the anti-Americanism, the anti-freedom, the anti-white. Um, anytime there is any sort of conflict, whether it is nations, cultures, or individual people, and the conflict is between a white person and someone who's not white, their instinct is white people are privileged, white people are bad, white people are colonizers, white people were the slave owners, white, all of these things which incidentally plague all races in history. 
but they have been falsely taught to believe that white people are the only ones who have ever had their thumb in these pies of human atrocities. And, and so they instinctually, even the white ones, oftentimes, that are left-wing, they are trained to see color and when there is a conflict, the white people are the bad people. And when it comes to Israel versus terrorism, they are not choosing based off of humanity. They are not choosing based off of behavior. They're choosing based off of color. Because this is what they've been trained to do. We shouldn't expect anything otherwise. I, I mean, look at the indoctrination that goes on right, right here. Red State, Missouri. Springfield Public Schools, we've talked about this quite a bit. I mean, the overt divisions that get created by some on the current school board, in the administration, at MSU, at other institutions in the area, and they, they masquerade it as unity, sort of you know, like Hamas. And all the time it is it is to craft divisions to tell this grouping of people, you know, this one over here is bad. It's to create resentment. They may, to give some of them a benefit of the doubt, naively believe that they're doing something virtuous, but all one needs to do is look at the results. Look at the results. Not positive. There's another component to this, though that creates the marriage that results in this disturbing level of young people that are siding with Hamas, supporting Hamas. And it is an, a world of increasing and deliberate directionlessness that is given to young people. And this is also masked as a virtue. Some of it is intentional. Some of it, frankly, is because it isn't always easy to give your children direction. It's so much easier to be their friend. It is so much easier to not be the adult sometimes. It is much easier to let them explore. We began hearing this some time ago, parents, that when it came to, you know, everything from religion to discipline to all of the, well, I'm not going to push my beliefs off on my child. And the whole idea is that somehow it was virtuous and in the best interest of a child to give them no direction whatsoever. Because this was allowing them to explore and get and allows them to come to their own conclusions. The the problem is, without giving any direction, without instilling in young people right and wrong and the idea of genuine purpose in life, because we don't want to pressure them, we don't want to force our beliefs off on them, is they end up with no pathway of purpose. And guess what every human being needs? They need to feel a sense of purpose, whether they know it or not. There's such a common theme that does weave in with depression of those who find themselves contemplating suicide. And it's oftentimes they don't even know what the point is for them to live. They, they serve no purpose. What, what good are they? 
They're, they're, they, you know, they don't understand why am I here. Human beings, without having some sense of purpose, they will either find themselves at a complete loss and depressed and suicidal, or they will find a purpose. They will get drawn towards one, like a moth to a light. And guess who's willing to fill the void? This is one of the reasons that in the inner cities, gangs have unfortunately had such a success with younger people. You have in the inner cities a disproportionate number of young people that have no fathers in their home. They have absolutely no direction. There is no purpose instilled in them. And here comes along a grouping of people that gives them a purpose. Maybe a horrible purpose, but it's fulfilling that need to be given tasks, to be given goals. And they don't necessarily have to be physical things that one does, but, but just aspirational or spiritual. Serving some purpose. Well, what this is when you understand that you have young people that have, in many instances, been trained to believe that white people are bad when there's a conflict that involves people of color, that the people of color, regardless of what they're doing, they're by default virtuous. And they are also seeking some sort of cause or purpose because they have not had anything instilled in them as a young person. And Hamas comes along, and and it's a purpose. Listen to the things that these young people say. They are supporting Hamas because of a cause. Now, it may be a false cause in, in their minds, though. They are fighting to free people. They are fighting to stop apartheid. They are fighting to stop genocide. They have been crafted to be these empty individuals that are starving for a purpose. And there's this thing going on in the world in which people on social media are having a debate. And it they're drawn towards the cause. Talking earlier about the difference between an academic approach versus the just understanding, watching, observing, listening, and learning to people why they do what they do, what it is that they want, they desire, you know, you can figure this stuff out. To me, it is no surprise whatsoever. I would be shocked if we did not have young people in this country gravitating towards terrorist organizations. Because when you, once again, Make them believe good versus evil, white privilege. You, you create divisions. You create little, these little tribes while at the same time leaving them void of any sort of purpose. And here over here are people that are saying, hey, we got a purpose for you. We got a, we got a purpose that's so grand. Allah is part of this purpose. God is part of this purpose. Yeah, you're going to have some of those kids drawn to that. The only thing that is more disappointing 
than the fact that this is occurring is the fact that people haven't figured this out. Like people who should. Now, just casual observers seeing it, I don't expect this level of uh, instinct or um, you know, just curiosity necessarily, but uh, you would think as an advanced society, all of the people that pay lots of money in order to be educated would be able to figure this out. But again, herein lies a larger problem with the education system in this country. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. First alert forecast from Color 10. Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunshine 48 today, 31 tonight. Sunny 60 tomorrow, partly sunny Friday, a high of 47. We really, we underestimate as human beings the need. It is a need to have purpose in life. I, I absolutely, without question, believe this is one of the many reasons that we have the the suicide rates amongst young people and the school shootings. You know, there's so much understanding amongst many of you. It's not about the existence of guns, but then what? what is it? Is it bullying? Is it this, that? And while it isn't the answer for everything, if there is no purpose, we just, it, you're, you're a rudderless ship at sea. There, I, I, I actually, this is something that I realized some time ago, and I have talked about this before. And after talking about it, one day, I got, well, no, I, I ran into uh, a guy I knew. And he actually, let's see, he was retired at the time. But he was coming out of retirement to do, I forget what it was. I think it had something to do with the fire department. This was not locally here. And his wife's father, his father-in-law, had been living with them for some time, and he had was retired himself, obviously. His, his wife had died, and he and his wife had really been struggling with their concerns for him because he just was almost comatose in personality. He was severely depressed. You know, his wife had died and so forth, but he, he just didn't even want to get out of bed in the morning. And, and they didn't know what it, they, they just did not know what was going on other than the obvious things, but they didn't know what to do about it. Again, they attributed it to, and I don't remember how far back his, his wife had, had died, but you know, th there were these sorts of things in his life. It made sense to be sad, but it was beyond that, and, and they just weren't sure what to do. And he was telling me that with his semi-coming out of retirement himself, it required him to get up early in the morning. And the first day that he got up, it woke his father-in-law up. And as he was getting ready, his father-in-law made coffee. And when uh, this gentleman I knew, he, he had come out into the kitchen, and he was kind of surprised to just see him up and, and doing something. And he was like, you know, ask him, why are you up? You have trouble sleeping? And he said, well, I heard you up. I thought I'd make you coffee. And he said that every day after that, he would get up and make that coffee. And he realized that there was a change occurring in him. 
And they they didn't know what it was. They they had no idea. But he was more talkative. He was more spirited. He felt like doing things again. And he was going back to his old self. And he said that after, you know, it, it had this sort of talk about needing purpose in life, it clicked with him. And he realized that as simple and and as benign as it seemed or as irrelevant as it seemed, the idea of making coffee, he realized that it was something. It was a it was a, as small as it may seem, a purpose for his father-in-law. A reason to get up was to make him coffee, make his son-in-law coffee. Obviously, not every person who is suffering from some sort of emotional issues or depression uh, having something to do like that is going to be this amazing turnaround. But it does illustrate the point. I believe the vast majority of people in the world who feel hopeless, who feel lost, who feel no purpose, it's because they feel that there is no purpose. And that story always really, it just, it puts such a human face on it. And, and, and I almost, you know, I, I was grateful that that story was shared with me because it really, I, I don't it, it made it a, a human reality of that, that sort of thing. And this is why one of the reasons also that the transgender movement, I think, is so alluring to young people. Again, you have young people that oftentimes have parents that do not want to push off their beliefs on their kids so that they get to decide for themselves. They don't have any sort of direct, they don't have any mentor. They don't have any parental figure in that capacity in their life. And you mix that in with the angst of going through puberty and everything. And then these people come along and they offer you this thing. They offer you a purpose. And they tell you that succumbing to or joining that cause or that purpose will eliminate your, your angst and your sadness and your depression. All of these different areas that young people are being drawn into that are dark, that are manipulative, that are in no way, shape, or form actually emotionally or physically healthy for them are going to be attractive to people who feel that they have no purpose. And I, I believe that's why we are seeing this increase in yeah, whether it's joining up with these this cause, the LGBTQ cause, or, oh, I'm transgender, or, oh, Hamas, look at that cause. You know, we're going to be part of it. it. It's not just this random occurrence without some underlying factor contributing. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. You want home tips? She's a great one to follow. And not just selling or buying your home. It's one of the reasons. Of course, I'm friends with her. 
But it is why I recommend that you do follow her. A lot of folks that you're friends with that are in real estate, that they're posting is just listing after listing after listing. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But just to differentiate for you that, you know, Emily Johnson, you don't have to be in the market or look interested in looking at homes that are on the market in order to get some benefit and enjoyment from her postings. And oftentimes she has them linked to actual pieces on her website as well. I know that as a homeowner, I find a lot of the stuff interesting and valuable that she posts. And and even as somebody that's not looking to buy a home, I find tidbits of information, tips that she gives to sellers or buyers to be interesting. I think that you will too. She's just, she's great. Her and her husband are great. And, um, you know, they just do a fantastic job. It's why I recommend them for all of your home and buying needs. And just to know them, have them in your circle of influence. It's Emily Johnson House Theory Realty. Just the News has a piece. John Solomon, Steve Richards together. That centers around some of the footage that they have had the availability of viewing from January 6th. There's been 40,000 hours of how many days worth is that? I don't I don't know off the top of my head, but it's a lot. I, I think instinctually we hear that the we, this release, 40,000 um, hours of footage is released, and then if we don't hear any revelations out of it in a couple weeks, we think, oh, well, there must not be much of interest. But 40,000 hours, that is a lot of combing through. Some of what has been found so far in the footage without question validates what so many people have been claiming or at least openly wondering about January 6th. One of the interesting observations made by a lot of Trump supporters the day of January 6th was that some of these people seemed like Antifa people. And the belief was that Antifa was there in order to stir things up so that Trump supporters would look bad. Now, the motivation was not a surprise if that were, uh, the you know, if that, if that was what was going on. Uh, that Antifa would want to do that. But the amount of discipline, I don't know. One of the things about people on the left is they generally are not that good at hiding their true feelings. They just can't help themselves when it really gets down to it. This is how we are able to see all of the anti-Semitism within the left wing of the Democrat Party because things have become very, you know, come to a head between Hamas and Israel. They just can't help themselves. They can't hide themselves. And so I always thought, I, I just, I don't know, for Antifa to have the discipline to go in there and to pretend to be Trump supporters, not that it wasn't possible. Some of the surveillance video, reviewed by Just the News, answers this question, however, as the footage captures law enforcement talking about going undercover as Antifa. So potentially, those that were questioning 
whether or not some of these individuals at least really pushing and instigating things. I mean, obviously, you had a, a significant number of Trump supporters there, but there were those there were there were clearly individuals that were there instigating. They were inciting. And this is where some question, you know, were these were these individuals not actually Trump supporters and they were on to something. But it was potentially more nefarious than they thought. Instead of being Antifa, apparently at least some of them were law enforcement pretending to be Antifa, riling things up. Some of the article, the he- and it's headline in Breakthrough, Congress obtains footage of undercover cops conducting surveillance on January 6th. Now it goes much further than that. And I'm going to read to you some of the parts of this article. We'll get the whole thing up so you can read it yourself. At KSGF.com, congressional investigators have obtained hours of video footage from undercover officers who were dispatched by the Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Police Department to the U.S. Capitol to conduct electronic surveillance during the January 6th riot, a critical new piece of evidence that could help lawmakers fashion long-delayed security reforms. Now, right there poses a question. A question about the motivation of the law enforcement divisions that were on the ground undercover on January 6th. Why was, if this is as, part of the Justice Department cases against many of these people is, is all based off of postings and evidence they provided that this was all premeditated. If this was a premeditated insurrection in which we almost lost our democracy. Why was the response of these law enforcement divisions not to stop it from happening, but to secretly film it happening? Does that make sense? Is that generally how law uh, law enforcement operates? If they have information that there is going to be some sort of attack on the level as we've been told 9-11, what if we learn that about 9-11? Oh, yeah, there was law enforcement there in the airport. Uh, They knew that this was going to happen ahead of time. Uh, They were there in the boarding. Clearly, they didn't go on the airplanes, and they were were there to film it, uh, to electronically uh, uh, survey what was going on. Would that make sense? Wouldn't we find that to be unusual? Yet, for whatever reason, we are supposed to think that it's completely normal that these law enforcement divisions there in the Capitol and around the Capitol on January 6th because they knew of premeditated attempts to overthrow the country, but they weren't there to actually stop it, just to make sure that they got footage of it. There's more revelations that are even more stark. Got to get a quick break, and I'll share that with you uh, as we continue on this morning. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Someone did the math. Thank you very much, Tim, on the 40,000 hours of footage that was released. I mentioned that there's you know, the this gets released, and I think that we don't necessarily comprehend the amount of time 40,000 hours is. And so when you don't hear any great revelations or see any shocking footage 
uh, released after a couple of weeks, we tend to, I think, people think, oh, well, there must not have been anything in there. And I mentioned offhand, I don't know how much, like how many days worth that is. And so Tim said, for reference on the math, 40,000 uh, hours would roughly equal 40 years of working hours. 40 years of working hours. I'm, I suspect working hours, you know, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. So even if you're working 24 hours around the clock, you're talking decades. Some of what has been viewed by John Solomon, Steve Richards, Just the News, is under undercover agents that are... Or these may not have... So some of these were, I believe, okay, uh, potentially they were... I don't know if they were plain clothes or otherwise. But they were wearing body cam footage, and this was the Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Police. And um, one officer is heard explaining to the other that we go, quote, well, we go undercover as Antifa in the crowd. Now, remember all the talk and the suspicion about Antifa being in the crowd? This suggests that it wasn't actually Antifa, but law enforcement pretending to be Antifa. One of the things that just the news notes here is that congressional investigators, they are not certain whether the officers in the newly surfaced video were referring to being undercover within that crowd as Antifa or referring to the 2020 George Floyd and Black Lives Matter protest that often included Antifa activities. So what we could be looking at here is a revelation in this video that Democrats tried to keep under seal that law enforcement has been pretending to be Antifa and participating in riots well beyond January 6th. In some of the other video, as officers approach the Capitol steps, these are plain clothes, undercover. One Metropolitan Police Department officer can be heard shouting to Trump supporters, quote, go, 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 help him up, encouraging those around him to climb the scaffolding outside the Capitol. This is when we hear the false description of Trump telling people to peacefully have their voices heard, and, and they call that incitement. This is actually what incitement looks like. When you have people encouraging, go, 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 climb, help him up, that are essentially directing the protesters. Congressman Loudermouth of Georgia confirmed to Just the News in June that the Metropolitan Police Department admitted to Congress that the department did have undercover agents in the crowd that day. Quote, we know that it is one of their officers. At one point, he is encouraging, and he's uh, definitely helping people climb the scaffolding, telling them, go, go, go. And, of course, he asked the obvious questions. Why is an officer encouraging them to, you know, why is this occurring? Security footage obtained by Just the News also showed a door on the west side of the Capitol left open and unguarded during key moments of the riot, allowing more than 300 people to enter the building absolutely unhindered. Now remember, at the same time all of these things are happening, we've been told, and this is the, the 
uh, evidence that's been presented in some of, some of these criminal trials that this was all premeditated. They knew all this was going to happen. That's the evidence that they give. Yet they leave doors open. They have plainclothes officers there to film what happens. They have plainclothes officers there encouraging people and directing them how to climb the scaffolding. There's some more of these revelations. I'll share that in the upcoming hour. I'm Nick Reed.